The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church, a member of the Wells, in Hancock, Minnesota, on March 16, 2014, based on Psalm 110, verses 2 and 3. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit works in our hearts are words from Psalm 110, verses 2 and 3, a prophecy concerning the Messiah. These words are spoken to Jesus, where the Lord says here, The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion, saying, Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your troops will be willing on your day of battle, arrayed in holy splendor. Your young men will come to you like dew from the mountain's womb. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. At a glance, a scepter and a cross are opposites. Yes, I realize that many of our crosses are smooth and straight-edged and even decorated, but you well know that the cross Jesus hung on was not. His cross was much more like a rough-hewn tree trunk with the branches lopped off, not even fit to be a beam in a house. A scepter, on the other hand, is finished, smooth, and ornately decorated with gems, jewels, and precious metals. A cross brought shame and suffering. A scepter was a symbol of power and prestige. A cross was for criminals. A scepter for kings. But, dear friends, the cross is our Savior's scepter. It is the symbol of his saving power, even more than a symbol. It is his power to save. And like a scepter that represents unquestioned authority, so also the message of the cross comes to us backed up by the full authority of our King, the Lord Jesus Christ. What a different kind of message the cross brings to us. The message of the cross is not a message like the law. The message of the cross does not demand, threaten, and condemn as law does. It's just the opposite. Rather than demanding perfect obedience from us, the cross declares that Jesus has perfectly obeyed the Father's will in our place, freely crediting us with his righteous record. Rather than threatening us with God's anger because of our many sins, the cross freely promises full forgiveness because of God's love that sacrificed his Son for us. And instead of condemning us as the sinners we are, the cross graciously gives new life. 
It gives us that new life to live before God in righteousness and holiness now and forever. And so the cross, with its message, with its good news, brings us faith, hope, and love. What a message. A message for you and me to believe because it's come, it comes back with the full authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, more weighty than any royal decree. Yes, the world rejects this message of the cross, but for you and me it is the power of God, the power that saves. The cross is our Savior's scepter, that brings us his saving power, that brings us into the new day. Like the dawn, the scepter of the cross rises. And that's the theme for us to keep in mind here. The scepter of the cross rises like the dawn. Spreading around the world, that's part one, and enlightening dark hearts, part two. Now, where was the cross? It was on Calvary, also called Golgotha. And where was that hill? It was outside Jerusalem, also called Zion. That's where it all started. But it didn't stop there. Just as the purple dawn starts in the east, but doesn't stop there. Listen again to the first verse of the text here. As Psalm 110 speaks to Jesus, our Savior, and says, The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion, saying, A rule in the midst of your enemies. The message of the cross started there from Zion, from Jerusalem, and spread around the world, even into the very midst of our Savior's enemies. Recall that day, 50 days after Jesus rose, while the Jews were celebrating the festival of Pentecost. That's when the apostles of Jesus began preaching the gospel right there in Jerusalem, right there in the city of Zion. They began preaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus. Peter gave the main sermon that day, and towards the end of that sermon, he quotes the first verse of this psalm that talks about Jesus seated at God's right hand. And then he goes on and says, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. 3,000 were baptized that day. And that, dear friends, that's how the scepter of the cross rises like the dawn. It rises through the preaching of the gospel and through baptism in Jesus' name. In fact, we could say that the words, the word of God and the sacraments are the scepter of the cross 
for they proclaim the message of the cross with the full authority of our King Jesus Christ backing it up. Through the gospel and word and sacrament, Jesus reigns as king, bringing his people faith, love, and hope. But the gospel didn't stay there in Jerusalem, did it? Yes, that's where it started, but it did not stop there. Pentecost was the first glimmer of the reddening dawn, but the scepter of the cross continued to rise. The book of Acts tells how that message of the cross was spread to Judea and Samaria and then to Antioch and Syria where they started sharing the gospel with non-Jews as well. And that church in Antioch later on sent out the Apostle Paul to bring the gospel of Jesus, to spread the message of the cross to the Gentile world. The scepter of the cross continued to rise. And then through the centuries after this, as the Roman Empire collapsed, the Christians shared the gospel with the invading Germanic tribes. The gospel, the message of the cross, continued to spread. And their descendants, many centuries later, some of them came over to the United States here and uh, founded churches. And still today, the message of the cross shines out like the dawn, spreading around the world. Just look at the globe and see how that message of the cross went out from Zion, just as the, the, the psalm says here, went out from Jerusalem to Germany, to America and Australia, to Russia and China, to Argentina and Zambia, and everywhere in between, spreading around the world. Now this world still rages against our king. It still counts the message of the cross as foolishness, and weakness. But Jesus reigns, even in the midst of his enemies, just as the psalm says here. He reigns not by displays of earthly power. No. He reigns by the power of his word, the power of the gospel, the message of the cross, the good news of forgiveness in Christ Jesus, the only news, the only message that brings true faith, love, and hope. And dear friends, as we live in this hostile world, do not give up on the gospel. Yes, the world's ways of, of threatening, demanding, and, and, and condemning the ways of the law often will seem to work better and produce more results, but don't give up on the gospel. We sin when we neglect the gospel by thinking that God's word and sacraments are just routine or that we have to run after other things for spiritual nourishment. We sin by using the gospel as a club to beat faith into people or by using the cross as a carrot to entice ourselves or others to do what is right. As if God's love were conditional or if we do the right thing, then he'll love us more. That's not gospel. That's not the message of the cross. We sin 
by listening to whatever comes out of our own hearts or whatever comes out of the mouths of others instead of listening to the one and only message that comes out from Zion, that comes out from Jerusalem, the message of the cross proclaimed by the apostles and written down in the Bible alone. And when we see the deepest darkness of our sin, our sins even against the gospel itself, how brightly cross shines more brightly than any dawn your king has taken away your sin nailing it to that cross no matter how bad that sin is even our sins against the gospel he has nailed them to that cross you are forgiven that's God's promise You are forgiven. And that promise carries the full weight of our king's unquestioned, unchanging authority. So believe it. Believe it with all your heart. For the scepter of the cross rises like the dawn. It it has risen in you and me enlightening our once dark hearts. That brings us to the second part here. We turn back to the psalm, and in verse 3, we hear more words spoken to the Messiah, our Savior Jesus Christ. Your troops will be willing on your day of battle. Arrayed in holy splendor, your young men will come to you like dew from the morning's womb. How much is in that word, willing? By nature, we were not willing. We began life dead in sin, spiritually powerless, spiritually helpless, spiritually unwilling. We weren't neutral. We were at war against God, hostile towards him. We were unwilling, rebellious creatures. How dark our hearts were. But what a remarkable change the Lord Jesus Christ worked in us the scepter of the cross rose in our hearts and enlightened us with its message. So remarkable is this change that Jesus calls it a a, uh, being born anew. To be born again of water and the spirit. Born not of human flesh or human will or desire but born of God. You, dear Christian, have been changed from rebellious slaves to obedient children, willing troops, ready to follow our king, listening to his word, ready to suffer with him, bearing our crosses. For through faith in Jesus Christ, you, dear Christian, stand ready, arrayed in the full armor of God, For the righteousness of Jesus Christ covers you. What holy splendor that righteousness, that perfect obedience of our Savior is. You, dear Christian, stand arrayed in holy splendor with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. The only righteousness that stands before God holy and blameless. What 
a remarkable sight. Now how does this happen? How does this remarkable change come about in us? I can't explain it. In some ways you can say it's like the dew. When you wake up in the morning, the dew is there on the ground. You can't see it coming down like rain. It doesn't spring up from some underground source. It doesn't leak through a hose. It simply comes out of the air and it's there. We we can see the results, but we don't see how it happens. Or, Or think of the wind. We hear its sound. We know it's there, but we can't see where it comes from or where it goes. So also it is with you and me and all who are born again of the Spirit. New life is in you. It has risen in your dark or in your hearts that were once dark, risen like the new dawn. But I can't explain how that happened. But this I do know. When a child, a baby, is baptized, new life springs up. When uh, the word of the gospel is heard and believed, new life is nourished. When the body of Christ is eaten and his blood is drunk by mouths whose hearts confess it, new life is refreshed. Don't ask me how. It's like the dew. I can't explain it. But our Lord has promised that it is so. Through his gospel and word and sacrament, he brings us that new life. He changes us from rebellious sinners into willing soldiers. He clothes us with his righteousness. What a wonderful, remarkable change has happened in our hearts because of the scepter of the cross that rises like the dawn. And now, as his willing troops, we get to share that message of faith with others. We get to show the love of Christ through our actions. We get to give the reason for the hope that we have. And we get to support the spread of that good news, the spread of the message of the cross around the world as we work together in our church body. What wonderful things the Lord has enabled us to do and how we pray that the message of the cross enters into the hearts of others enlightening their dark hearts as the scepter of the cross rises like the dawn. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.